Well, my beloved brainiacs, we've reached a whole new level in the whole humans versus AI debate. I recently came across an article on CNN Business about how dozens of AI industry leaders, researchers, and even some celebrities have signed a statement warning of the risk of extinction due to artificial intelligence. The statement argues that mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority, right up there with pandemics and nuclear war. I mean, I knew AI was a big deal, but extinction-level event? That's some heavy stuff. Now, before you go uninstalling all your smart home devices, bear in mind that we aren't exactly on the eve of a Terminator-esque situation. Most AI experts agree that we're still a long way from creating true artificial general intelligence. But with the massive amount of investment and hype in the AI industry, there are increasing calls for regulation before major catastrophes can occur. These concerns stem from things like AI-powered chatbots spreading misinformation and the potential for job displacement, to name just a couple. It's evident that we need to tread carefully when it comes to AI advancements, making sure we keep our collective human cart attached to our collective human horse, if you catch my drift. But let's look at the positive side of AI for a moment, shall we? Thanks to AI, we have groundbreaking innovations in healthcare, transportation, and communication, among many other areas. The way I see it, the key is to find the delicate balance between reaping the benefits of AI and making sure we don't push ourselves off the technological brink into extinction. As with most things in life, it's all about understanding the risks, but not losing sight of the potential benefits. To put it in a delectably nerd-tastic Star Trek reference, we must boldly go where no one has gone before. But make sure we're on the right track so we won't end up like those poor red shirts who always bit the dust. R.I.P. Random Security Personnel. All right, my friends, it's time for our usual straight talk with brainwaves session, where I'll give you some candid, no-nonsense advice on your listener questions. So grab a cup of something warm and let's dive in. If you have a question you'd like answered, remember to visit our website, brainwavespod.com, and submit your question. Let's get real. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey brainwaves, it's Amanda from Small Town USA. So, I've got a bit of a conundrum for you. I recently came out to my friends and family as non-binary and started using they-them pronouns which has been a huge relief for me. Here's the kicker, though. I live in a pretty traditional community, and explaining gender-neutral pronouns to people is like trying to explain quantum physics to a toddler. I mean, bless their hearts, they're trying, but sometimes it feels like I'm banging my head against a brick wall. I've even had a couple of folks tell me that I'm just confused or going through a phase. Ouch, right? So, here's my question for you. Brainwaves. How can I navigate the complexities of explaining gender-neutral pronouns in a community that's more comfortable with he and she than they? 
I'd love some insight on how to stay patient and educate people without losing my cool or feeling like I'm compromising my identity. Thanks. Hey, Amanda. Thanks for sharing your story and reaching out. First off, congratulations on embracing your non-binary identity and coming out to your friends and family. That takes a ton of courage, and I'm glad it's been a relief for you. Now let's tackle the challenge of navigating those old traditional waters. When you're breaking down gender-neutral pronouns to folks who might be unaccustomed, it's important to remember that it's a learning process for everyone involved. You've got to give Aunt Bertha and the gang some time to chew on this new information, and they might need some extra help understanding the concept. The key here is patience and open communication. It can be frustrating, but don't give up on them. Start by arming yourself with easily digestible resources you can share. Think simple infographics that break down gender-neutral pronouns or articles that provide a first-hand perspective on being non-binary. If they can see and read about people like yourself who've had similar experiences, it just might help the idea stick. Another tactic to try is creating opportunities for casual conversation about your identity and pronouns. By talking openly about your experiences and feelings as a non-binary person, you're offering an invitation for others to engage, empathize, and learn. Plus, by making the conversations feel organic and authentic, folks might be less inclined to get defensive. As for the naysayers claiming your identity is just a phase, it's important to remember that their opinions don't define you. It might be disappointing, especially if these comments are coming from people you care about, but don't let it shake your confidence. Remind yourself of why you came out in the first place and how it's allowed you to live more authentically. You're evolving, your relationships are evolving, and it's totally normal for some folks to struggle with that. Lastly, surround yourself with a solid support network. Whether that's a group of non-binary friends, an LGBTQ plus community resource center, or a few sympathetic and understanding neighbors, it's crucial to have people who've got your back. These are the folks you can vent to, laugh with, and recharge with when things get tough. In the end, Amanda, you can't control how others perceive you, but you can control how you react. Embrace your identity, have those open conversations, and give folks a chance to learn and grow. It won't always be painless, but remember that you're paving the way for a more accepting and empathetic world. So stay strong, keep being you, and keep fighting the good fight. Best of luck, and remember, we're all rooting for you. Hey Brainwaves, this is Laura from Seattle. So, I've been with my partner for three years now, and we've built a happy, loving relationship. But lately, I've noticed he's become resistant to the idea of self-care and personal growth. It's like he's stopped making efforts to improve himself, or take care of his mental and physical health. For example, he's been skipping workouts, eating junk food, and blowing off plans to go hang with his buddies instead of engaging in our personal growth activities like therapy or meditation sessions. I'm concerned this lack of initiative will ultimately have a negative impact on his well-being and our relationship. I'm totally not trying to change who he is. That's not it. But I want us both to grow and become better versions of ourselves together. Brainwaves, this is starting to bug me. And I need some advice on how to address my partner's resistance to self-care and personal growth without coming across as critical or pushy. Thanks for your help. Hey, Laura from Seattle. Thanks for your question. And let's dive straight into this self-care situation you've got going on. 
it's clear that you care about your partner and your relationship, which is awesome. So let's break it down into a few key points to help you navigate this tricky topic with grace, empathy, and yes, a dash of humor. First of all, it's essential to understand that everyone's journey is different, and what looks like progress or self-improvement to one person might not hold the same value or priority for someone else. Also, change is tough. Like, really tough. That said, relationships are a team effort, and if you're growing and evolving, it's natural to expect your partner to put in some effort too. Now let's talk about communication, because ultimately that's what's going to help you here. Be open, honest, and patient. Talk to your partner about how you're feeling, but do it from a place of love and support. Instead of saying, you're skipping workouts, and you're barely engaging in personal growth, try something like, I've noticed you've been skipping workouts and putting personal growth on the back burner. How are you feeling? Is everything okay? What can I do to help? This reframes the conversation toward a more supportive and collaborative dynamic. Laura, my next tip for you is to lead by example. Be a shining light of self-care goodness yourself, and your partner might be more inclined to follow suit. Keep doing your thing and make sure that your partner sees the benefits you're reaping. Happiness, increased motivation, better mental and physical health, and so on. Okay, now let's switch gears a bit and give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Allow him some flexibility. Maybe he's going through a tough time, or perhaps the personal growth activities you two do don't resonate with him. In that case, explore other options. For instance, if he's not into therapy, perhaps he'd be more interested in joining a hobby club or taking up yoga. The idea here is to find something that works for both of you in the self-improvement and self-care department while respecting his preferences and boundaries. Lastly, Laura, remember that people change at their own pace. It might take your partner a little longer to come around to what you're hoping for, or he might never quite get there. Be patient and continue to express your concerns, offer support, and collaborate on finding new ways to grow together. So, there you have it, Laura a multifaceted approach to addressing your partner's resistance to self-care and personal growth. Remember, open communication, leading by example, allowing for flexibility, and giving it time will smooth the path forward. Good luck, and I'm confident that with a little patience, empathy, and open-mindedness, you will both continue to strengthen your relationship, shake-ups, and all. Hi, Brainwaves. My name's Sophia, and I'm from San Francisco. Listen, I've got a bit of a pickle I could use some help with. So, I've been single for a hot minute, and I'm giving the dating scene another go. Here's my conundrum, though. I have a pretty severe medical condition that affects my life in a lot of ways. We're talking daily medication and frequent doctor's appointments, all right? And while I can usually keep it under wraps, some days it really lays me out. Now, as I start venturing back into the dating world, I'm not exactly sure when and how to disclose my medical condition to potential partners without you know, scaring them off or making it a major deal-breaker. Make no mistake, I totally get that honesty is the best policy, but I don't want my condition to define me in their eyes. So, my question is, how do I navigate this precarious tightrope, and at what point should I clue them in? Any pearls of wisdom you could toss my way would be a total lifesaver. Thanks a bunch. Hey there, Sophia. First of all, kudos to you for getting back on the dating horse. It's not an easy feat for anyone. And with a medical condition thrown into the mix, I can only imagine the challenges you might face. But fear not, my friend. 
For Brainwaves is here to help you navigate this delicate dance without getting tangled up in a web of anxiety. Now, let's cut to the chase. Timing is everything. You're not under any obligation to share your entire medical history on the first date. In fact, I'd advise against it simply because your condition is just one aspect of your fabulous self, and you don't want to lead with that. Remember, love is no sprint. It's a marathon. Take your time to get a feel for the person you're dating and let them see what a catch you are before you dive into the intricacies of your health situation. As things progress and you start sensing a connection brewing, look for natural opportunities to clue them in. You could share a relevant story from your day-to-day -day life that offers a glimpse into your medical journey, or if the conversation ever takes an introspective turn, you could mention how your condition has shaped your perspective on life. The goal here isn't to drop a massive truth bomb on them out of the blue, but to seamlessly weave it into your budding relationship's fabric. It's important that you present this information as matter-of-factly as possible. In other words, don't catastrophize, but don't sugarcoat it either. Be candid about the implications of your condition and what it would mean for a potential partner, but emphasize that it's not all doom and gloom. Convey your resilience, your adaptability, and how you've grown and learned from your experiences. These qualities, more than anything else, will define how your new sweetie sees you, not your diagnosis. Lastly, let's tackle the uncertainty surrounding the possibility of your condition being a deal-breaker. Here's some straight talk, Sophia. If someone bails on you because of your medical condition, it's not a reflection of your worth. It's a reflection of their limitations. It might sting, but it's better to know where you stand early on, rather than investing months or years into someone who can't handle the reality of your life. Someone who truly deserves you will accept the whole package, challenges and all, just as you'll accept theirs. So get back out there, Sophia, and remember you're not defined by your diagnosis. Embrace the ups and downs of dating and never lose sight of your inherent value. The right person will come along, and together, you'll face life's curveballs hand in hand. Best of luck to you, and may the dating gods smile upon your journey. And that's a wrap, folks. I want to thank all of you beautiful listeners out there for tuning in to another tantalizing episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. Your curiosity, open-mindedness, and downright tenacity in seeking the truth, despite the ups and downs of life, keep this show rolling. Don't forget. You can be an essential part of the Straight Talk family by submitting your blazing hot questions and voting on other listeners' mysteries over at brainwavespod.com. The more you engage, the spicier it gets. Be sure to join us again in next episode, where we'll dive deep into a fresh set of questions crafted by you and your fellow listeners. Remember, we're all in this crazy, confusing, and beautiful world together. Let's continue to seek the wisdom and the laughs that life throws our way, one question at a time. Stay curious and take care.